The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Oh my God, the 2021 Saints injury apocalypse is upon us, and there is only one thing that can help you get through it. That is the Saints Happy Hour Survival Mug. That's right. It makes any alcohol you pour in it to help you survive the Saints injury apocalypse taste 75% better. It's science. How do you get the Saints season survival mug? You become a Saints Happy Hour annual subscriber. You get the mug for free and you get two months off. You get access to this podcast every day. You get access to our Discord channel, which we talk Saints 24-7. It's amazing. You should do it. Get the Saints happy hour survival mug to help you through the rest of the 2021 Saints season and you're gonna need it for the off season you're gonna need it for the draft so do it go to saintshappyhour.com and sign up today this is sean payton head coach of the new orleans saints what's with this saints happy cast this has to be the worst saints podcast in the world ralph can't say anyone's name right andrew doesn't know football Everyone has a hard time listening to Dave. And is Kevin even there tonight? The audio with this podcast, my God, the audio, it's its painful. All right, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Saints Happy Hour Podcast. If it's Wednesday, that means we are on the Spotify Green Room Live uh, it's a great app. They've been a sponsor for the show all season. We've been here every Wednesday at 9 o'clock. If you aren't listening to us live, download the app. Uh, set your alerts on your phone so you know we go live. You can talk to us. You can interact with us. We have great guests. We have Dr. Thomas. He's he's in the house tonight. He's going to give us some updates on injuries and that sort of thing. Um, so it's great fun. You should do it. Spotify Green Room. Download the app. We did it all season. We may do it into the off season, depending on some things. Uh, Andrew, you were out uh, fishing with the family today. Did you, ca- did you catch anything big? Were you like hemming? Yeah, we, we caught a lot of red fish, mostly uh, sheep's head. Um, caught a lot of that. And uh, gosh, I mean, probably I'll, I'll post some pics on Instagram later, but you know, probably like 25 fish, something like that. We threw a lot back. Okay. Uh, we, we, uh, we caught two big redfish, which was kind of what we were hoping for. So we, we were hoping to get more than two, but, uh, one of them was 20 pounds. So pretty good. Nice. Yeah. You know, this, the, the, the saints news, it's, it's a little bit strange today because they play on Monday, so they didn't practice today. So we didn't have a practice update because it, everything's off. So today is like a Tuesday. We don't start getting practice updates. We won't get health of certain guys like the offensive tackles and that's until tomorrow. Uh, they didn't have Pro Bowl uh, announcement today. The Saints had five of them. Uh, JT Gray, he made it in special teams. That's nice. Uh, Kamara made it. Cam Jordan made it. Um, and uh, Lattimore made it. Uh, I'm missing one. There's one other I'm forgetting. Uh, I was I was surprised that Kamara and Cam Jordan made it, though, Andrew. I really was. Like, Kamara, missed, he missed so much time. 
Yeah, I Kamara missed a lot of time. Cam Jordan makes no sense. A lot of more has well, arguably Jordan had one, one of the worst. Cam Jordan makes perfect sense if you were if you were just like in a coma and you just watched the Saints Bucks game. Right, and you're like, of course he made the Pro Bowl. I mean, th- those feel like heavily weighted by player votes and coaches' votes. You know, it's like yeah. it makes sense that coaches would vote for Kamara, Lattimore, and and Jordan. Those those are the guys that everyone kind of associates as great players for the Saints. But like, under no circumstances should they be going to the Pro Bowl this year. They they just shouldn't. They don't deserve it. And and that that's not that I'm disrespecting the players. Like they just they haven't had very good seasons compared to other guys. So it's crazy to me that. Any of those three are in the Pro Bowl. It makes no sense. And and I say that as a Saints fan. I'm, I'm glad they're in the Pro Bowl. I don't think they deserve it. JT Gray is, is the one that does. JT Gray is exceptional. I thought he's had a tremendous season. And for him to get that recognition is, is kind of incredible because, you know, it's hard. It's hard as a special teamer to mm-hmm. make the Pro Bowl. And, and especially being in New Orleans, right. you kind of get less recognition. And yeah. seven and seven. And, and, and it's always been Ju- Justin Hardy's kind of been the guy. So for Justin Hardy to leave and then JT Gray yeah. get it is just uh, it's it's in- an incredible acknowledgement and recognition of the season he's had. Um, you know what's interesting is I feel like two guys, Demario Davis not getting it again is silly, uh, and, and I think it's partly due to just how high, highly weighted sacks are. Um, but the fact that he still has not been to a Pro Bowl, it's like it's it's Marcus Colston level of awful, maybe it worse. Is. It's so that, that's just ridiculous. It's and then worse, when, it's worse than Colston because Colston, he should have made a Pro Bowl or two, but there was never a there was never a time where you're like, Colston is the first or second best cover linebacker, off ball linebacker, whatever you want to call him. He was never the best at his position. Demario Davis has had years where you're like, he's the best in football, and. It's just it's yeah. criminal. It's criminal. Well, I mean, he's been all pro, and and for someone to be all pro and fail to make the Pro, the pro Bowl is just it's just it's silly. It's it's just yeah. flat out silly and stupid. Now, mm-hmm. I've I've seen a lot of people on Twitter complain about Blake Gilligan not getting it. And look, I know we all think Blake Gilligan's amazing because that's the only punter we watch. But he's fifth in the league in average. Uh, yeah. just a gross average and he's like 14th in net. So like, is he awesome? Do I like him? Yes, absolutely. But he also is not, not deserving of the Pro Bowl. Did you see his celebration dance Sunday night? Did you see it? It was okay. Pro Bowl I, worthy. Yeah. Point, point taken. <laughs> point taken. So listen, I mean, you know, when like, you, when you put it like that, yeah, it's, he really should have made it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a gross injustice. So, I mean, the Pro Bowl, the thing with the Pro Bowl this year is, like, as, if a player, I know you want to get named to it because it, it involves money a lot of times and that sort of thing, and it's honor. But, like, as far as, like, actually going and playing in the Pro Bowl, why would you want to do that? Like, why? Forget injuries, like, the coronavirus. Like, why would you want to go at all? To do, like, Oh, well, I, I think even if you don't go, once you get named to it, it's attached to your name, and yeah, for I, I think especially for a guy like Cam Jordan or Kamara, those are Hall of Fame legacy builders. Like that, yeah. that's part of that's part of your resume. When when someone talks about a retired football player, it's immediately how many Pro Bowl, like how many yeah. years did he play in the NFL, how many Super Bowls did he win, how many Pro Bowls did he go to. So 
Yeah, I, I agree with what people are saying yeah. in, the, in the chat. It's dumb. It's, it's a popularity contest. A lot of guys. I remember one year Eric Allen played for the Saints. Saints he made, made the Pro Bowl. It. And he was freaking awful that year. But he made the Pro Bowl because he was Eric Allen. It's 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 stupid. Uh, the, the fact that, I mean, some of the quarterbacks that have made it as replacements over the years, I'm, off the top of my head, I don't know. I, I'm forgetting. But it's it's laughable, some of these quarterbacks who have made it. So, yeah. It, it, the the thing is a joke, and I think we all know that and see that. And yet, as a player, if you care about your legacy, if you care about maybe one day making the Hall of Fame, and I would assume that Cam Jordan does, it, it's critical to make these kind yeah. of things. Yeah. So that's the Pro Bowl. You know, NFL is weird this week. We had we had games yesterday, uh, and you know, the Rams game, the Rams Seahawks didn't really affect the Saints that much. Philadelphia Redskins did. Uh, I've been arguing with people on Twitter today, and you a little bit even. I just look at the NFC, and I'm like, no one's running the table. Don't talk to me about Philly running the table. They lost to the Yeah, but, but but hold on, hold on a second. You, you, you're, like, so hell-bent on this, Ralph. Yeah. Like, I, I, I feel like – like, answer me this. Like, are, are the Eagles beating the Giants and Washington football team? They're winning both of those games. I don't know. You get they don't have their coach. What do you mean you don't know? The Giants is like a buy, but Washington, if Washington gets all their people back and they get Heineke back, Washington can beat them at home. I mean, like, maybe, but like probably not. And that is you assume to for them to run the table also, Dallas would have to be in my opinion completely uninterested in right. in playing week week 18, which right as of now Dallas could be anywhere from the first to the fourth seed. I don't see that happening. I see week 18 as potentially mass chaos for the ones like you could have all these teams like needing to play thinking we can win and we could be the one seed. We could win and be the four seed. Like, I don't I don't think you're going to have any teams, a lot of teams resting. I've changed my mind on the playoffs and you for a long time, you've been saying nine and eight gets you in eight eight nine might get you in i, I don't think eight nine is not no. going to get you in no I, I think that nine nine and eight may get you in i think that may still be true it just won't be the saints if the saints go yeah, nine and eight they fair. will not make the playoffs they like based on the way it's set up now and based on the fact that minnesota has seven wins philadelphia has seven wins like they have to run the table like because of the playoffs because of the tiebreakers I, I don't believe the Saints – like, if they go 9-8, and eight, like, it may be that a 9-8 and eight team makes it, but it won't be the but Saints because if they're 9-8, and eight, they will lose the tiebreak. So, uh, based on the way it's set up, I, I believe that really – and now, remember, the Saints could run that. They don't control their own destiny. So, they could run the table and still not make the playoffs. But my, my feeling is 10-7 and seven should get them in. I, I believe that Dallas will hopefully beat – Philadelphia. So I think Philadelphia loses at least one. Minnesota's schedule is very tough. I, I think there's a good chance that they will lose two games. Um, and, you know, with San Fran, they're eight and six, but they still play the Titans and the Rams. So yeah. uh, San, San Fran could go 10 and seven where, you know, if the Saints run the table, they could maybe be tied with them. And then there, there's implications there. So my point here is when I look at all these games, I think the only way the Saints have a 
clear shot of getting in is going 10 and 7. I, anything worse than that, I, I just – like the way the tiebreakers are, I don't think they're making the playoffs. Maybe, and we'll get to people in a second. My last thing on that is this is how I think it's going to go. I think that saying – I don't know what game they're going to lose. I think they're going to go 9 and 8. I think Philadelphia is going to lose to the Redskins. I think Philadelphia is going to be 8 and 8, playing 12 and 4 Dallas. They're going to flex that game to Sunday night, and Dallas is going to be playing for seeding or maybe the number one seed, and we are going to be watching it, needing Philadelphia to lose for the Saints to get in. That's 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 how I think it's going to play out. But we'll see. I mean, maybe you. Maybe yeah, we'll see. Or... I don't agree. I don't agree with you, but we'll see. I I just don't think there's any way. I I think your scenario is correct if the Saints keep winning. And it may still come down to that game, but I, I don't think the Eagles are going to lose to Washington. Yeah, if the Saints, if the Saints, the Eagles just ran for 250 yards on Washington. Washington cannot stop them; they can't. And and honestly, the Eagles should have won that game by 40 points That's if, right. if it wasn't for two That's horrible true. like. And the first turnover was just a joke. I mean, it hit the dude in the heel and it popped up like you it know what I'm saying? Like shenanigans Hall of Fame. Yeah, turnover. yeah, Shena- yeah. Like like first ballot. Yeah. For- uh, so listen, we'll get to Miami in a second, but we have some people that uh, that that want to talk. Joshua, he's uh, he always joins us. Joshua, thanks for joining us on Spotify. Your thoughts on Miami? Because Miami is an interesting game in that they were dead, buried, and like at one point were like the number two pick in the draft. They were one and seven. Now they're seven and seven, so they're as hot as any team. Joshua, what's your thoughts on Monday night Saints Dolphins? Saints favored by three and a half, by the way. Joshua, were you there? Uh, he needs to unmute himself. Yeah. But uh, so Andrew, you, while we wait for Joshua, what's your what's your thoughts on Miami? Yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot, and uh, the way that Lattimore, Onyemata, and Jordan played in that game against the Bucks, we've been waiting for them to do that all season, and it just kind of manifested itself in that game. And I feel like Lattimore has kind of been on again, off again, mm-hmm. like that that's kind of been his season. Jordan's been mostly off, although I would say maybe he's been on again, off again more recently. And same with Onyemata. And like, it was great to see him play like that, but I, I feel like this defense has to decide what, what's it going to be. Are they going to be the defense that like gets up for Tom Brady, looks great one game, and then the next week gets torched by the Falcons, right? Or the next week gets torched by the Dolphins. Is this is this who they are? This topsy turvy up one week, down the next. Like, is that who this team is? Where like it's exciting mm-hmm. for a week, and then we all crash back down to reality because they can't string performances together. Or is this a team that's serious about making the playoffs? Because if they are, like, they're not going to be able to do it offensively. The, the limitations of this team are what they are at this point. If they're gonna get carried into the playoffs, it's going to be on the backs of their defense, of Cam Jordan, of Lattimore. And so if they continue to play the way they did against Tampa, they can run the table and they can make the playoffs. But like that's – and when I look at Miami, like I look at Tua, I look at Devontae Parker, I look at uh, Miles Gaskin who who can catch the ball out of the backfield, kind of a receiving threat. Uh, I look at uh, Jalen Waddell. I look at – Gesicki, their tight end, Mike Gesicki, like their their playmakers are pretty good. They're not amazing. So like yeah. this this is just, just reeks of an opponent where it's like 
Yeah, you know, the Saints should stop them because they just stopped right. Tampa twi- twice this year, and Tampa's personnel is much stronger. Now, I realize the guys got injured mid-game, but I'm just saying, like, I look at a team like Atlanta who is missing Calvin Ridley, and they still burnt the Saints secondary to a crisp. Yeah. And, and Daniel remember, Jones yeah. burnt them to a crisp. So, like, yeah. if Tua burns them to a crisp, like, it, okay, that, that's what this team is. Up up one week, down the next. Th- thanks for getting up for Tom Brady and then laying an egg at home against the Dolphins when and everyone thought you had to figure it out. Is a, I think Atlanta is a, is a good comparison on, on offense, at least, because Atlanta, they have an offensive line that's the equivalent of the Dolphins, meaning it's god-awful. Like, the Dolphins cannot run the ball. They struggle to pass protect. That's why they do – Get ready for bubble screens and five-yard passes. Like, that's what Miami does. That's why Tua's completion percentage is ridiculous because he never yeah. throws the ball downfield. So the Saints better tackle, and they should get after it. I, we'll see. Miami, they're, they're weird in that they won a bunch of games, but they never really look great, even against Baltimore. Like, I never looked at them and was like, Wow, they were playing Baltimore and they look amazing. Joshua is back with us. Joshua, what's your thoughts on, on Dolphins game Monday night? Joshua might have maybe having Spotify problems, Andrew. He, he's yeah. Like, he, he's well he's still li- he's still listed as muted, so he's gotta fi- he's gotta figure out how to unmute himself otherwise. Know, right? you know. He's like yeah. you. But the th- the difference is Joshua isn't rage texting me like you do. When, uh, yeah. When spot, when spot well, you know, I just want to point out, yes, the Dolphins have six wins in a row, but I just want to point out that two of those wins are one-possession games against the Jets. One of them is a one-possession win against the Texans. Uh, one of them is a basically a forfeit against the Giants because the Giants are basically forfeiting against every team they play right now. So, like you said, not very impressive uh, they beat the pants off the Panthers, but again, Cam Newton, you know, all that jazz. I mean, the, the Panthers are, are another team that's basically forfeiting games at this point. Yeah. Um, Cam Newton, by the way, was 5 of 21 and two picks in that game. So um, that, 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 was, that was heartwarming to see. But, yeah, I mean, obviously the Ravens was the only win in, in that win streak that was impressive, I guess. You know, mm-hmm. um, and, and I will say Lamar Jackson has looked terrible, but – the thing that's a little scary is just defensively, the Texans scored nine, the Ravens scored 10, the Jets scored 17, the Panthers 10, the Giants nine. Uh, now the Jets did score 24 last week, but like, if you look at this win, yeah, yeah, but if you look at the points that they're giving up during this win streak, no one is scoring on them. And I mean, the Saints are just coming off a game where they scored nine points. So yeah, like the Saints fit right it right into all those teams you list you listed the Saints offense fits right on in with all of them like yep you know the one thing I, I, that we did touch we t- we touched on it in the um in the player grades podcast which uh if you aren't a patron we opened up a bunch of podcasts this week you should try us for free and then give yourself a nice Christmas gift and become a patron get it become an annual patron get the Saints survival mug it's awesome and get this podcast every day. Uh, all year long. You're going to want it for the offseason because the Saints offseason is going to be amazing. Um, The one thing you touched on when you watch this offense is you're like, yeah, it was bad, but there's lots of plays to be made because teams have basically dared 
Taysom Hill to throw the ball. And he hit a couple of them against Tampa. And the question is, can he hit more of them against the Dolphins? Well, I do think playing in the Superdome makes it a little bit easier. You know, it, it, it is kind of just from a turf and how fast the field plays and, uh, you know, you're, you're at home so that you're not dealing with crowd noise when you have the football. There, there's a bunch of things where, like, it should, in theory, be easier. The thing that I still don't have resolved, and I, I don't really think any of us do, is just how, like, significant is the finger thing. Well, that's why I just asked Dr. Thomas, who's yeah. kind enough to join us tonight. I just asked him to speak. Hopefully his app is working well. Uh, I want to know, like, does does the mallet finger injury, doctor, does it get better since he's hurt it? Or is it one of those things where it is what it is, it won't get worse, but it ain't getting better until he gets that Russell Wilson surgery and he can't get the surgery because it takes a month to heal and there's only three weeks left. So, like, what's the problem? Well, I've heard that it's unclear that he needs surgery because he doesn't have the fracture. He has the injury, but he doesn't have necessarily the fracture that uh, Wilson had. So it's unclear if he's going to need surgery. Uh, and I'll let Thomas uh, elaborate because he's going to know way more than I, I will about this. But the last thing I'll say about it is my understanding with Taysom is it is what it is. So like, I don't really think that between now and the end of the season, we're going to see any changes other than it's possible that he gets with reps more used to the splint. In other words, his injury is the same, but the the adjustment of playing with the splint, which I think is probably the most significant adjustment, more so than having the injury, it may be with time he figures out a way to make it more comfortable. So, doctor, doctor, can it like, how is it? Is it gonna is it gonna get better from when he injured it against Dallas? Should it be getting better, physically, like, like against the Dolphins or whatever? How is how do you think it's gonna go? Can y'all hear me? I yeah, I can hear you fine. Okay, great. So the the injury itself is going to get better and heal while he has the splint on after about eight weeks, six to eight weeks. But it's not going to make a difference how much it's healed until he takes the splint off as far as what he's doing with the finger and throwing the football. So from our standpoint, it is what it is until he gets that splint off. And with regards to the surgery – uh, he's probably just not, he's not going to get surgery if he's doing the splint route. So you can get surgery or you can do conservative treatment with mouth finger. You can get a splint and keep the splint on for eight weeks. A lot of, um, there's some compelling evidence for never doing the surgery uh, in a lot of studies, but some guys opt for the surgery. So I suspect that he's, he won't need surgery. He's just going to wait it out with the splint. And after eight weeks, it'll be healed enough that he can take it off. And by that time, I guess the season will be over. And uh, with Russell Wilson, he had the fracture. I believe with the fracture, you can also still do conservative treatment if it's not um, displaced too bad. But with the way that his finger was dislocated, he may have, he had probably had multiple injuries. It's probably a lot more complicated. I'm here for, I'm here for the, I'm here for the Saints making the Super Bowl and Taysom taking off the splint. And then if he plays bad, we would make the jokes of, oh, my God, he should have left the splint on. Why did he even leave it on for the Super Bowl? But that's another. Or he suddenly goes into super being mode and (laughs) throws for 350 yards and five touchdowns. 
Do you think it's po- you what do you think about what I mentioned Thomas like do you think it's possible that while the injury is what it is that he would just acclimate to the splint and find ways to compensate in some way where he would play better and be able to throw the ball more effectively with it with time. Yeah, I think there's some merit to that. I cuz it's going to take a while for sure. Um he's having to adjust his grip strength and Obviously, we've seen that his accuracy has been off. Andrew, I, I remember you mentioning you compared his completion percentage from previous seasons, and this one it's pretty clear there's a difference. Um, I do think he can adjust, and it would take a while. So I'm hopeful that it will, and I'm hopeful he'll get a little more used to it. But there's not much he or anyone else can do about it right now. That thing's stuck on there, and it's not going anywhere. Yeah, you know what's so interesting about this injury is that you see moments like, I mean, clearly his completion percentage, it's down like 10 points, you know, from his career average. So clearly we're seeing a number of plays where the ball is just placement-wise is not where it normally would be if he didn't have the finger injury. But what's interesting is you have moments that are so bad, like I'm talking like the moment, remember, where the ball slipped out of his hand when he was trying to throw it and it went backwards for a fumble. And it was like, you have moments like that where you're like, ugh, like he he really shouldn't be out there with that splint. Like I, I question if it's even a good decision for him to play at all, right? So you have moments like that. And then you have like the throw to Callaway, the first one, the long pass to Callaway where he drops it in the bucket and it's a perfect throw. And you're like, hey, maybe he can throw with the splint. Like that was so like, <laughs> right. you know, so it, I, I, there, there's some variants where it's just like there are moments where you're like, yeah, he can totally throw the ball. And then there's others where you're like, yeah, it's clearly compromising his ability to throw. So I just it, I think it's going to for Taysom, it's going to be about it's always going to be there. It's always going to affect him. But I think it getting comfortable with it enough that you have more moments where it's like, yeah, he can totally play with this versus less moments where it's like. I don't know that this is a good idea. Yeah, that must that must be why they're keeping him out there other than not having a better viable option. But they're seeing inconsistency. They're not seeing all shitty throws. There's some throws that are pretty good, and I guess in practice they're probably seeing the same thing. So they're hoping likewise the same, that, oh, we see good throws and bad throws. The, the good throws should continue to get better as he adapts a little more to having this – little brace on his finger. So I, I'm with you on that. Yeah, but Dr. Thomas, I appreciate you as always for for uh, for joining us and giving us the medical update. You know, Andrew. We really need like a jingle for Thomas. <laughs> well, I mean, he's I, been on so many times he's now. And he's given us e- expert advice. And like the fact that well, we haven't honored his presence with a specific jingle for him. Well, it's, we did. We had it, the, when he first came on for the for the Drew Brees injuries, we had the ER jingle. But then Kevin started dating the doctor, and the ER jingle got passed from Doctor <laughs> Thomas to Kevin. So, like, we, we we need we do we we need like it's just flat do? out it's just flat out disrespectful, Thomas. And I'm sorry. And it would, Thomas, if you if you have a favorite like doctor medical show, tell us, and we'll we'll uh, we'll play that theme. Like if. If you want like Trapper John MD, if you like old school seventies, you want like uh, Doc, Doctor House, yeah. You want House? Do you want Chicago Hope? Do you, you want like you pick the medical show, and we'll we'll drop that we'll drop that bump <laughs> in for you when you come on. <laughs> um, but listen, 
this game here, you know, I want Dr. I want Dr. Green thumb. I've never heard of that, but I'll find it. Um, the thing is with this with this game, Andrew, it is all of these Saints games, and I know Carolina looks like a dumpster fire of a team right now, and Atlanta. They rolled over real quick against San Francisco in the third quarter Sunday. But I just think, like you said, the Saints offense, it is what it is. It is never going to – I'll be stunned if the Saints score 30 points in one of these last three games. And it doesn't involve the defense scoring touchdowns and getting like three and four turnovers. Like I just don't think this offense is capable of scoring more than like I mean, they 24, maybe, you know, like mm-hmm. I, it's just, it's just going to, it's just going to be hard. And these are going to be mud wrestling con- contests, but what's one, what's one thing that if I could say to you besides scoring, right? If I said to you, the offense can do one thing that they didn't do against Tampa, they can do it at a league average level. What would you want that to be besides scoring and obviously not turning? Yeah, I, I was going to say, am I allowed to say put the ball in the end zone? <laughs> no, you can, <laughs> they can do – besides scoring, you want one thing that's league average against the – not even against the Dolphins, the rest of the way, the rest of the season for this offense. Uh, I, I, I mean, realistically, I, I think the only thing that I can hope for is that the Saints be an elite rushing team. And um, I, I know they can't be an elite passing team, but if they can run the ball like they did against the Jets with consistency and look, mm-hmm. Carolina, we don't talk about this much because their offense is, you think the Saints offense is bad. You should watch Carolina. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it's just, I mean, they, their quarterback play for them, like they wish they had Taysom Hill right now. Trust me. And their, um, receivers, but their receivers are okay. Like Their great. receivers are okay, yeah. Um, but Carolina's defense is number two in the league, you know, and, and their defense is good. And, and we hit, we don't talk about that much, but it would be interesting to see as their offense mails it in. Like, are they going to care? Are they going to play hard? Because they're, they're, they're done. But I don't think the Dolphins and, and Falcons are tremendous run defenses at all. In fact, I, I think that Falcons are one of the worst. And so, you know, if, if this offense can run for 150, 200 yards, then, that's the path, I think, to where you own time of possession. Mm-hmm. You can move the chains. You can put some points on the board. We're gonna we're gonna need Brett Maher to keep making his kicks. Like that's been huge the last two weeks. That's got to continue. You know, he's got to be able to to connect on these kicks and stay accurate. But yeah, I just think that that's the only way this offense. And and so like it'd be nice to get healthy up front and and get. I don't know what's up with Ramchek. I'm, I'm kind of resigned at this point that he might be done for the year. Um, I mean, the fact that he hasn't been put on IR means the Saints are hopeful he will come back. Uh, but it's a little strange. Did he miss five games now? Is it four or five games? Four, five, I think. Yeah, so he's been out for a while now. And they would have put him on IR if they knew it was going to take this long. So obviously he's had setbacks, and I don't think the Saints expected when he missed a week that it was going to take this long. Um and, you know, with Armstead, it seems like he's in one week, out the next, in one week, out the next. So he seems to be rotating whether he plays or not. Um, but, man, if they could get those guys back, uh, that would be huge. Just because right now I, I think the guys they've got up front are actually doing a pretty good job 
pass protecting. I, I think mm-hmm. when you look at Hurst, Throckmorton, and I, I'm mainly talking about the subs mm-hmm. because I, I think Ruiz has been a liability at times, but I, his, I, I've long said this, his errors are more mental than physical. And then McCoy's a good player. So I'm really talking about the subs that have come in, Jordan Mills, Hurst, and Throckmorton. And what I've seen out of them is that their pass protection is pretty sound. They have good technique. They're capable players where you see the biggest issues with those guys is that they just don't move people. They just don't have the power that you're used to seeing from Armstead and Ramchek and Pete. And so that that's where the Saints miss those guys the most. And pass protection's actually been okay. We're not giving up seven to ten sacks a game. And part of it is we're not throwing a ton, but I, I actually think the pass protection has been better than I would have expected. So yeah. I really think getting those guys back and be able to run the ball would be great. Why does Taysom struggle so much? I'm not going to talk about the processing, but in the game, and Chris Collinsworth even mentions it Sunday, why does he struggle so much when there's clutter in front of him with stunts and stuff? He feel, It seems like he has trouble. Like he can't decide whether he should bail out or slide in the pocket. He just yeah. seems discombobulated when he has, I don't know what you call it, muddy or... or I think I mentioned this. Yeah, I mentioned this on the, um, I think on the grades podcast, but you know, every quarterback has their tendencies. And this is the thing that, about the NFL is the minute you have enough tape out there that teams can start to do analytics on you and, you know, Taysom mm-hmm. wants to scramble to the right. Like that's just what he's comfortable doing. And if, and if that's not there, then he wants to, he likes to escape the pocket. And so what teams are doing is they're running stunts and they're trying to create pressure on the edges and force him to run up the middle. Cause he doesn't like to do that. You know, he likes to try to skip. So a lot of times you'll see he's getting pressure and he's still trying to race the dude to the sideline and get around him, you know, cause that's just every quarterback has, that. every quarterback has tendencies and it's just like what they're comfortable with. It's like their safe space. Like this is how I like to make plays. And so what teams are daring him to do is try to redirect him up the middle because he's not comfortable doing that. And he, he's not like Drew Brees. He's not a guy that steps up in the pocket. And so they're trying to force him to do things he's uncomfortable doing. And so now it's up to Taysom to make those adjustments, you know, and that that's really the NFL. It's like if teams see that you're doing something, they're going to try to take it away. And that that's what separates the good from the greats, like, and, and, and or, or, the, or the goods from the terrible, you know, and it's like the minute, like it's like Sam Darnold has a good few weeks. Ryan Fitzpatrick had a great few weeks years ago. Teams adjust. They see, they see what you're doing successfully. They take that away. Mm-hmm. And are, was it a mirage? Because as soon as they take it away, are you a garbage can? Or do you make your adjustments yourself and make plays doing something they didn't expect? And that's, that's when you become great. Or that's yeah. where you become good. And so that's what Taysom is going through a little bit right now is he's being schemed up. Teams know what he doesn't like, and they're doing that to him. And it's just like, it's up to him to spend the time in the film room and it's up to him to correct those habits. Because again, like I go back to your statement, there are plays that are out there that could be made. Yeah. All right. I want two things and then we're going to get out of here. Joshua, you get a third strike to try to be on tonight. <laughs> Josh, he's there. there uh, he we is, get, Joshua. I can hear him. I can hear him. I can right, hear him. So go Breaking, play the breaking news siren. I can hear him. Right. <laughs> thanks. Uh, thanks. I miss you guys on the, uh, miss you Andrew on the uh, big show there. It was kind of empty without you there. So <laughs> thanks man.
It was. Uh, we didn't have Andrew yelling at Dave. Exactly. That's what a few people told me. They were angry that I was not there to hold Dave accountable for his bullshit. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, one, of, that's one of Andrew's his many special skills. We all bring things to the big show. And I told Andrew this. I'm like, you do not let things slide and you will stop the show and be confrontational where I'm like the host and I got to keep things moving where Andrew's kind of like the angry traffic cop. Uh, so we missed it, but go ahead, Joshua, give me your, give me your thoughts on the Dolphins game. Yeah. My, my thoughts on the Dolphins game, but to, to talk to what Andrew was just saying, um, I don't remember what saints player it was, but it was a joint practice that they were having years ago. And he called out one wide. It was a de- it was a defensive back, and he called out one of the wide receivers. He's like, "Hey, yeah, like every time you get the ball, you pull your gloves up, so I know the ball is coming. So that's how I'm all over you." And so Taysom again, he always bails out to his right, and it's so obvious. Mm-hmm. And even for people like Juge, the, who's like a tape eater, that sees it, they see that all day. It's like, all right, I get Taysom on the right. It's a done deal. It's a wrap. It's game over. He's not going to be able to do anything. So, again, like he said, you said, he's got to work on that, get that better. And I can see where probably Peyton is frustrated with that. But the Saints-Dolphin game, you know, it's a classic game of Saints coming off a a high, great win and then all of a sudden just laying like a turd or an egg out there. Um, I just think that the Saints offense, they're going to have to be able to run the ball, do what they do best, and Taysom's going to have to be, uh, be able to process and determine like his footwork is he's very he's got hot feet when he's in the pocket he wants to go 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 and it's like just move up you know go watch some drew Brees tape you know i really <laughs> wish drew would like come in there and be like all right Taysom, like watch my tape watch how i move up you know and drew was just literally like a, just a, an animal when it came to that moving up in the pocket and just sidestepping like it was almost like an art or like a dancing form where he yeah. just sidestep a, a you know a defender or just move up a little bit it doesn't take much to get defenders off and him being a mobile quarterback it should be even easier so that's all i wanted to say yeah that's what I, that's what thanks joshua and that's that's the last thing that's the thing that's interesting andrew you would think that 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 um that Taysom as a mobile guy would be looking for almost like when he decides to run like he would be like, okay, I made the read. Now I'm a running back. I'm going to look for a hole, and I'm not just going to go to the right. I'm going to look for the hole in front of me. Um, so that's out of the – but the last thing before we get out of here, Andrew, is you made your pick on the big show. We only had the score and your star of the game. I want your thoughts on the Saints-Dolphins game Monday night, and then we're going to wrap this up. Yeah, uh, I, I don't even – I think I picked the Saints to win, didn't I? You did. Yeah, I don't yeah do you remember what my score was? I don't remember it. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna look this up because I think I sent it to to uh, Thomas. So let me let me see if I can find it. But you know, I go back to what I said before. Like he needs to decide. Uh, and, you know, it's funny whenever I say that he needs to decide. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking about the defense. I think of the uh, Greg Williams rant. You know, during Bounty Gate, where uh, I, yeah, I, I picked the Saints to win twenty to ten, and I picked Ingram as the player of the game. So I, I'm hoping that. Ingram's going to bounce back and, and run the football. I, I think the defense will play well and shut down the Dolphins. But I think back to the Greg Williams, I think he was talking about Frank Gore. And, you know, when he was saying, like, I want you to touch his head, I want you to affect his head because he's coming back from a concussion. And his line is, he needs to F, he needs to decide. He needs to effing decide right now if he's going to be a tough guy or if he's going to get knocked around in the head a little bit and decide he doesn't want to play. 
you know. <laughs> so yeah. I get, I, I think back to that, uh, which is terrible because it was a horrible thing to, to be put out and, there. But and, and ended up Pierre Thomas got knocked the hell out. In that yes, he did. But but I, I it's kind of I go back to that sentence like this defense needs to effing decide who they are. Are they a bunch of tough guys that like get excited for Tom Brady? On, on, you know, Sunday night football with America watching and they get up for that game and then have they let, let down the next week? Or, like, are they going to hold the Dolphins at 10 points and help us win this game? Like, because that's what it's going to be. Like, it's not going to be anything else. They're going to have to shut down Tua. Like, Waddle can't beat Lattimore for a 60-yard touchdown. And, you know, they can't miss a tackle on Gesicki where he rumbles for a 45-yard gain. Or, you know, a crossing route to Devontae Parker that goes for 70 yards. Like, that's what this defense has given up this year. And that's why the Saints have lost games because their offense is never good enough to account for that. So uh, this, that, that's what it comes down to for me. I believe the defense steps up. I believe that the Superdome is going to be a deciding factor. But look, man, from week to week, and this is the caveat that I will give about the Eagles as well when they play the Giants. We have no freaking idea from one day to the next who gets COVID, who's out, right. who's in, it is going to be mayhem. It's going to be madness. You're almost going to be glad when people get COVID because you'll know that you can count on them not getting it when you play more important games, potentially. <laughs> so, like, it's kind of crazy. Like, if Sean Payton can come back this week, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, he's good for the rest of the season now. That's, right. That's good, right? So yeah. I, I, I just think, man, for, like, something happens to Jalen Hurts and, and let's say Minshew gets it too. We just saw – Freaking Gilbert, Gail Gilbert, start for the Washington football team. I, I don't even know if that's his name. Did I get his name right? Uh, but like, they they yeah, they Gilbert. signed some dude off the street. Like, yeah. and it's just like that. That's what they had to do to play that game. And I, I just think from one week to the next, we have no idea. And like, the Saints are already out two tight ends. Garrett Griffin just got put on IR. So like, now they're down to freaking Vanette and Ethan Wolf. That's all they got this week. You know, we'll see if Jawan Johnson can test yeah. back in, but but it's like, it, is it going to be worse for the Dolphins? Is it going to be worse for the Saints? We have no idea. And so who's going to be the best to roll with the punches and adjust? And I will say this about the Saints. When there's mayhem and chaos, they traditionally roll with the punches better than other teams. Yeah. and I'll, They are battle-tested. They're battle-tested. And I just think, the Saints, when you expect them to be really Saintsy, and you're like, this is, the, this is what they do. They have, you know, it's like the whole year. They played great for Tampa. They had a letdown against Atlanta. That's kind of what they are. That's when expected. Like they hit you with the Saintsiness just when you start to believe in them, and you don't think the Saintsiness is going to happen. So I don't think it's this week. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Carolina or Atlanta. I, I don't think it's going to be this week. And, dude, they've won one game in the Superdome all year. Do you really believe the Saints are going to go one and six in the Dome or two? Like, they're, no, they're going to they're win some more games. It, it, they, they're too good to be this bad at home. They, they're, due, they're due a really good-ass kicking game at home. So Yeah, I agree. Now, there's a couple things – there's a couple things uh, in the chat that I haven't addressed, so I'm going to do this real quick. Uh, my dad said that the touchdown versus the Jets for Taysom was left correct, but that was a design run. And I think what Joshua and I am talking about is 
when Taysom is trying to improvise. So that that's the difference there between a called play where he's just executing it versus when he's dropping it back to pass and the play is actually a pass. And then he has to adjust on the fly because he feels pressure. So then his tendencies when that happens, when he's improvising. So that's the difference there. Um, uh, Chino do, I hope I said your name, right? I think, I think you, you told me before that I've said that right. Um, but he says that Jameis is still QB one. If he returns, I absolutely agree with that. I totally think that's the case. Um, CK has had a bunch of, um, number of, uh, uh, comments. So thanks for joining us always, man. You're, you're always great supporting our show. Really appreciate it. But uh, thank you guys again for being on Spotify with us tonight. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks guys. And listen, we, me and Andrew, we're going to try to get in at least one more uh, daily podcast, either Thursday or Friday to go through injury updates. Hopefully we get some good health news. And with COVID, like Andrew said, chaos can drop any freaking minute for the Saints. Dude, I, I, dude, I tweeted yeah. about this, like, how, how bad is the Saints' tight end room that Troutman and Juwan Johnson both get COVID and we, like, barely addressed it on the show? It was nice. Like, okay, we Troutman. barely even batted an eye because she's like, eh, they'll play Vanette and Ethan Wolf and well, maybe nice maybe they'll Troutman. pick up some hobo. Whatever. It, it's fine. It was, it was nice Troutman finally caught something. Oh, I'm just... Ooh. Uh, <laughs> too soon. Nice. But anyway, guys, thanks for joining us. Support the show. Become a patron if you haven't. Annual patron. Get your Saints Survival Mug. Uh, We love everybody that supports the show. We're the best Saints community anywhere. Uh, We love you guys. And we will see you again tomorrow. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash match. Just go to indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. 
I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. <laughs> 